0: podcast, uh, coming your way after, uh, Wednesday night's big 10 opener for the Boilermakers. They beat Ohio state 67 to 60 at Mackey arena. Start the big 10 season one and zero, and it only gets tougher from here. If you know, if you've seen the schedule, uh, this was a, this was a win that, uh, or a game that Purdue needed to win uh, home game. Um, you know, before they get out, before they get out on the road uh, in the league, you know, at Iowa, at Rutgers, at Illinois, you know, the schedule, Michigan State, Indiana, all coming up. So they needed to 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 beat a Ohio State team that didn't have its leading scorer and leading rebounder, and two of its better players didn't start uh, with uh, Kyle Young and uh, C J Walker. Um, so Purdue really needed to take advantage of that situation, and they did. Uh, thought they played pretty good defense for the most part, even though, you know, Ohio State got on some runs, and, you know, Purdue would push it to 10, and then all of a sudden would be 6, and it would go back and forth, but uh, Purdue found a way to answer uh, each time. Uh, and, you know, Walker only scored 6 points, got in some foul trouble, Uh, And, you know, that was big from Purdue's standpoint. But, you know, defensively, they, you know, they held a team that was averaging 80 points again against, uh, you know, against non conference competition. But they were averaging 80 points. You know, you hold them 20 points below their average. Uh, They shoot under 40%. Uh, You got to give Purdue's defense some credit for that. Uh, You know, when they kept them out of the lane uh, with dribble penetration, you know, I think Purdue was was really solid. There were times that Ohio State got in there, which you know is going to happen, uh, and then they were able to, to to make some plays off that. But overall, Purdue played a pretty good defensive game, and uh, you know, again, offensively got uh, got contributions from a lot of different players, um, and just a really um, good balanced attack. Uh, offensively, and obviously it started with Travion Williams down low. Uh, Purdue needs to play through him. You know, they, they said that they will play through him, uh, and they played through him tonight. Uh, you know, he, he 16 points, uh, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Uh, 8 assists are a career high, and, um, you know, at least 4 of those assists went, went for layups, couple to Mason Gillis. Uh, one to Aaron Wheeler. Um, so you know he was on top of his game from a from a passing standpoint. Uh, we all believe, I believe, at least he has eyes in the back of his head. He knows where guys are, and he's gonna try to make that play. and tonight he he made he made all the right plays from a passing standpoint and um, he executed those plays really well, and, you know, and guys hit shots, and again, formal layups, so it's hard to miss those, although I know it happens, uh, but, I mean, he had, you know, when Ohio State was, you know, trying to double him, which is what they do, and what he'll see a lot more, but Ohio State was trying to double him, and he, he knew, he's got enough experience now, he knows where those double teams are coming from, and who is going to be open, and, um, you know, Purdue had a lot of success, excuse me there, had a lot of success when he got the ball on the post and the double team came and the recognition of whether it be Gillis or, or Wheeler um, to, to dive to the basket. And if, the, if their man left, basically, if the four man left Wheeler or Gillis, they automatically then go they go they go dive to the basket and Ohio State's defense never rotated over quick enough to defend that and you know it's when you double you are giving up something but you're also counting on your defense the rest of your defensive guys to rotate over quick enough to prevent that from happening and Ohio State Could not do that in the first half, and Purdue got really got four easy baskets. You know, that's eight points right there um, that Purdue was able to get without much resistance. Now in the second half, Ohio State didn't double as much. Uh, They picked their spots a little bit more, but when they didn't double and and Travion had one-on-one opportunities, he he went to the basket and he scored. Now. If you watched the game, which I'm sure most of you did, uh, as Painter said afterwards, those were low percentage shots. A couple of those where I think he got caught in a situation. It's like, well, do I pass or do I shoot? And basically he threw a couple circus shots up there underhand, uh, and they went in. And that, you know, that, that just tells you that it's his night. Uh, it was Purdue's night but that's not something that I, I think Matt Painter is going to want him to do uh, a lot more. You know, if those if those baskets don't go in, it might change the complexion of the game a little bit. Um, I do know that if there was a crowd there, you know, if Mackey Arena was filled like we, we think it would be for a game like this, then the, the roof would have got blown off on both of those shots. Um, and the place would have been loud and uh, and I, I, this is off getting off the track just a little bit, but I think the way this game played out tonight, if there was a crowd there, I think Purdue wins this game by double digits because I, I think, um, the, 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 the crowd would have influenced this game a little bit more. Um, and I, you know, I think that's a benefit, you know, that's obviously an advantage to road teams, uh across the country, not just in the Big Ten to, you know, you're not, you're not hearing deafening noise. You're not, um, you know, you can communicate a little bit better, you know, without all that. But there were periods tonight that I think the, the roof would have got blown off Mackey arena, you know, Jaden Ivey's back to back layups, uh, and then Travion's passes, Travion's shots. Uh, so, but, but anyway, he, those are shots that I don't Think that you're going to see again? Maybe you will, but I I don't think you'll see those again. But when they played him one on one in the second half, he was able to score. He was able to 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 back his man down and get to his moneymaker, as he calls it, his his little baby hook, and you know put the ball in the basket. And that's you know that's how Purdue plays through him. And he's such a good passer. Um, I mean, it's amazing that uh, a guy six ten can can see, can recognize where the ball needs to go when he's down on the block and, and when the double team comes. So, you know, it's going to be curious, you know, in the next game, how much does Notre Dame, you know, plan to double him? Or, or are they just going to let him go one-on-one and take their chances? So if Purdue can get in some, quarter, some kind of rhythm with Travion Williams, and Travion can get in a rhythm... Uh, of scoring down low um, and forcing teams to to make decisions how they're going to guard Purdue, I, I think that's going to open the floor up for, for a lot of other other players to 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 produce some offense. And you know you, you saw it you saw it a little bit tonight. And uh, now, what does Notre Dame do? What does Iowa do next week? Uh, you know, Iowa just thinks they can outscore everybody, so they may, it may they may not pay attention to uh, to, to any defensive principles. Uh, but you know, Trayvon obviously had a had a had a good all-around game. Um, uh, coming off the bench seems to uh, has helped him. If if you're just looking at just the basic results of what's happened the last two games, because Painter did change the starting lineup. Uh, prior to Indiana State. And, you know, when he does that, he's looking for a reaction. He's looking for a response. Uh, But he also does it with the idea that it'll make the player better but also make the team better. And I would say, you know, there's probably, I would say, a little bit of of tug-of-war what you do next with, with Travion. Do you put him back in the starting lineup? Because you know Zach, Zach Eady did not really have a good game uh, tonight. I mean, I, I don't think he's responsible for the uh, you know I don't want to say a slow start because it wasn't a it wasn't that it was just kind of a sluggish start. Purdue had four turnovers in the first four minutes. Uh, but he you know Zach had some opportunities early to score. Um, it just seemed out of kilter a little bit, out of whack. Um, not in a, not maybe not in a His best position to score. Um, So, you know, now the question is do you move Travion back into that lineup, in the starting lineup? He's definitely earned the the opportunity to get in there, but, or do you just keep it the same? You don't like to disrupt things, but you want to, you don't want to risk getting off to a slow start Saturday or at Iowa coming up and get your doors blown off and never recover. Uh, so that'll be an interesting to watch on Saturday. What happens? Uh, you know, a lot of coaches don't like to mess with what's working, or if you're winning. You know, I, I think Painter's just looking for the best combination to get, to get off to a good start, and then the best combination to finish the game. And sometimes those are not your starters, and we've seen that uh, before, uh, where the, the guys on the floor at the end were not the guys that started uh, started the game. And I think that was uh, in part. What happened with Indiana State, where you know he changed the light up then and it got down ten to one, uh, but then the older guys, the veteran guys, were on the floor at the end to help pull out that game. I thought Brandon Newman responded well uh, after his you uh, know he had a lot of zeros on his stat sheet uh, from uh, Saturday's game, but you know he had a big three-pointer in the second half and then his floater. With under two minutes to go, kind of pushed Ohio State back to, uh, uh, you know, gave Purdue a comfortable lead again. Where all they'd do was, if they got fouled, hit their free throws, or just execute, they were going to be in good shape. But he, you know, I thought I thought he responded well after, you know, I I think he's had a, he's he's gotten off to a good start this season, um, and. He, just, he was a non-factor in the Indiana State game, much more of a factor tonight, seven rebounds all on the defensive end. And, you know, I thought Purdue did, a, for the most part, uh, a really good job rebounding, especially defensive rebounding, not giving Ohio State uh, a lot of second-chance opportunities. They ended up with ten offensive rebounds, but uh, late in the game they were sitting at five, and they'd only scored one second-chance point. I think they ended up with maybe five second chance points but for the longest time they uh they they were getting they were one and done and when you shoot 37 percent uh and you're one and done you're not you know that one opportunity to score you know it starts to weigh on you a little bit and I thought Purdue cleaned cleaned up the defensive rebounds uh particularly well and I think Newman was a big part of that Aaron Wheeler was a big part of that uh obviously Travion was a was a big part of that uh but limiting that team to one shot uh, I think really helped you know it kind of you know it, 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 the defensive possession doesn't end until you get the rebound and I thought Purdue did a good job in finishing those defensive possessions and and keeping, keeping Ohio State from getting some cheap points those second chance points that can be crucial at times uh, but Wheeler and and Newman and, and Travion played a big role in that. Um, so, you know, Purdue got contributions from a lot of guys. And, you know, Jade, Jade, Jade Ivy got back on the floor again for the first time since uh, the opener against Liberty, uh, been dealing with a uh, foot injury. Um, he called it a stress fracture after the game, but he misspoke uh, based on what we were told. You know, he's dealing with a stress reaction, uh, which is different than a fracture. So, he had to get his foot back into shape and uh, started practicing. You know, again, if you watch the game, you saw, I think, he came in, he jacked up a three. They're good, I mean, those are shots he's going to hit, but he jacked up a three and then he jacked up a hairball three. Uh, He he was juiced up, he was, he had had a lot of adrenaline, Uh, uh, he'll be better. Saturday against Notre Dame, uh, but his, as we mentioned, he had a couple back-to-back layups, one that included a Euro step, um, and I think that helped settle him down a little bit. But you know, the guy's a playmaker. I mean, he he wants to get out there and and make plays, and he's going to make plays. He's going he's not going to he's not going to pass up open looks, and Painter doesn't want him to pass up open looks. Uh, but you know, as he gets a little bit more experience. and uh, what he needs to do, I think, uh, you know, he, he's just going to be fine. He's a guy that can, can get his own shot and create his own shot, but also he, he'll, he'll work within the framework uh, of the offense and uh, and get, get his production uh, that way. But, again, it was a good start for Purdue to the Big Ten season, uh, but tougher games await. Uh, this is number one of 20, um, and they're going to have to figure out you know, clean up their turnovers. Uh, 16 again, uh, that's just way too many uh, for this level of basketball. You know, even though Iowa doesn't play much defense, the, they'll, they'll kill Purdue in transition if if Purdue is sloppy with the ball. Uh, and Notre Dame will do the same thing. But I was just speaking about the Big Ten in general, that if uh, when you play teams like Iowa and then Illinois, who have complete teams they have they're really solid down low but they're very very good out front on the perimeter that you start turning the ball over like Purdue has done this season uh and you get up in the neighborhood of 14 15 16 the a lot of those turnovers are going the other way they're pick sixes uh they're gonna they're gonna give up a lot of points tonight I think they gave up um I think they gave up of the of Ohio State 60 points. I think 26% of them came off turnovers. And Purdue's season average uh, coming into this game was around 25%. Uh, but they've got to bring that number down. And, you know, some you you're, you're going to have turnovers in a game. You're not going to be perfect. We under, you know, I think everybody understands that. But they've got to they've got to get rid of the unforced turnovers. There were a couple early that were just what are you, who are you throwing it to type of situation uh and Purdue's got to get that ironed out uh and uh, there are going to be some long nights uh and there's going to be some long nights in the Big Ten for them and even if they didn't turn the ball over but you add turnovers to some of the teams they're going to play here uh in the first half of the Big Ten season on the road uh they're, they're asking just to get their butt kicked and run out of the gym um And the problem has not really been solved. Um, You know, it's been addressed, it just hasn't been solved. And, you know, Eric Hunter had three turnovers in the first 10 minutes and was flawless the rest of the game. Now, you know, fortunately, those three turnovers really didn't hurt Purdue overall. Uh, And he's experienced enough that he was able to come back and um, rebound for that and lean on, you know, what he's done here during his career to, you know, get Purdue pointed in uh, the right direction and get himself pointed in the right direction. But, um, uh, yeah, it, 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 the number one thing to be concerned about about this team is, it, is the turnovers, in my opinion. Uh, they can't keep coming at this rate, uh, or they just won't give themselves a chance. And I, that, that'll be the frustrating thing is they just will not be giving them, giving themselves a chance. I think they have uh, I think they're good enough offensively uh, to, to compete with a lot of the teams in the league uh, but there are some teams in the league that they just cannot match basket for basket. I think Iowa would be one of those. Illinois would probably be another one. Michigan State's probably up there uh, in that regard but there are other teams in the league that they can match basket for basket for basket. But if you're not, if you're wasting possessions by throwing the ball away, it, it won't matter. Um, and Purdue, you know, Purdue, you would think will be good enough defensively to keep them, keep, keep itself into the game, in the games. Um, and and they're going to need to be because there's going to be nights when they just can't, they're not going to be able to score enough. Um, so, you know, number one thing is turnovers. You know, probably need to see a step forward Saturday against Notre Dame. And then definitely, um, they're really gonna have to limit them at Iowa if they're gonna have a have a chance there. But anyway, Purdue uh Purdue starts uh one 0 in the Big Ten. Uh from a football standpoint, uh, signing day on Wednesday, uh Purdue did not have a press conference for the first time uh that I can remember to discuss the class and some of it was the fact that they were uh, a couple of their players signed late in the day and you know Purdue decided it would not put Jeff Brahm on a Zoom to talk about his class I don't know when they're going to do that or to be honest I don't know if they'll do that uh, they did send out a statement uh, about the class um, it's not ranked very high if that's important to you, um, but the fact that Yanni Karloftis is on board, uh, which is something that you know we all thought would happen, uh, the fact that he signed with Purdue uh, helps. He'll be he'll get to play with uh, his brother George at least for one year. Uh, you know, if George sticks to his plan of uh, you know probably being three years and then heading to the heading to the NFL. Um, so, uh, but as far as the rest of the class, there's no quarterback in the class. Not sure they needed one. They did have a guy, but he decommitted uh, Sam Jackson. He ended up at TCU. Um, but uh, to me, the thing to watch with their, this recruiting class, and they, they didn't get a quarterback, is, you know, uh kid from Lawrence North, uh, Donovan McCauley, who ended up signing with IU. You know, I think Purdue was really involved in him. Uh, early in the process and then um, pretty went a different direction and tried to get this uh, you know Sam Jackson from Naperville who had committed to Minnesota and then decommitted and then committed again and then decommitted. Th- that should have told you a red flag right there uh, that that wasn't uh, probably the best direction to go but you know I don't I don't work in that building. And they decided that that was what they wanted. And at the end of the day, they got burned by it because, um, the kid left them and went to, went to TCU. Um, but anyway, we'll see how this class works out. I mean, Jeff has always kind of harped on guys coming in and getting early playing time and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't, you know, Yanni is one that you would think will get, will get early playing time, uh, out of this, um. But as far as the other guys, just not, just not sure right now who can, who can step in there and you know possibly contribute uh, next season. A lot of it is going to depend on who who comes back, uh, not only from a senior class standpoint, uh, but who just who's going to stay in the program. Uh, they've already had opt-outs as you know. Um, there's been a couple other opt-outs uh, over the last few days. Uh, Bryce Austin is one. Um, Jack Sullivan is another, uh, that, that have opted out. Now, uh, the way I understand opt outs is that you've opted out of the, the, the full academic year, uh, from an athletic standpoint. Uh, but I, I, now, again, that's base, that's what I was told. You know, I don't know if, if these guys want to opt back in, whether they can, um, Get back for spring ball. I know. Yeah, I, I know the example you're thinking. I was like, well, Rondell opted out and then he opted back in. Um, but I, 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 think if you opted out with any reason, with COVID, I don't know if you can come back during that academic year. That that's something I'm unclear about. But there, there might there's probably going to be more names that that disappear from the program, whether they're transferring, or opting out or whatever you know the language is that they're that they're going to use. So. Um, there's a couple things to, uh, to keep an eye on. And also, uh, the other thing to keep an eye on from a football standpoint is, you know, uh, I would assume that we'll see some, some coaching changes uh, on the staff. Um, and when that happens, uh, it could be sooner than later. Um, and obviously how many, um, uh, will depend on what direction Jeff Brom wants to go. But I, I would anticipate some some coaching changes coming up uh, with the staff, uh, particularly probably on defense, which again surprises no one. Um, but at some point, you just can't keep changing coaches. Um, you got to look in the mirror and and decide, you know, where 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 the problems lie. And I'm not saying that Jeff is a problem or. Uh, anything else is a problem is saying you keep, keep changing things. You know, you went from aggressive Nick Holt to laid back Bob Diaco. And now what, if you're going to make a change again, you know, what direction are you going? Um, and so it seems like at, at this time, if they do make a move, uh, at least from a coordinator standpoint, who, who do you want to be defensively? Um, you know, Nick Holt wasn't good enough. What Nick was doing, and if you get rid of Bob Diaco, he's not good enough. So what is what is going to be good enough? Uh, it's just all based on performance on the field or some other things. But anyway, just uh, you know, keep keep tuned to jconline.com and on the Twitter machine, and we'll pass along information as, as best as we can. And um, it probably it will be a busy it will be a busy busy off season. Uh, for the Boilermakers uh, on the football side, uh, you can you can guarantee you can almost guarantee that. Appreciate you stopping by. Purdue basketball wins again, 67-60 over Ohio State. Back in action Saturday at the Crossroads Classic uh, in Indianapolis against Notre Dame. Until then, have a good day.